Hi, and welcome to the Hand in Hand Show, where caregivers and survivors have honest discussions about stroke. We are a part of stroke-focused podcasts. This is Cam, your host. Today I'm excited to interview Sarah Belson, the International Development Manager for the World Stroke Organization, the world's leading organization in the fight against stroke and was established in 2006. Today it has more than 4,000 individual members and over 60 society members from 85 different countries. Its mission is to reduce the global burden of stroke through prevention, treatment, and long-term care. The Patient Stroke Support Organizations, or SSOs, have a huge role to play in reducing this burden, and the World Stroke Organization is committed to supporting their development. Stroke Focus is an SSO member of the World Stroke Organization. This exciting SSO podcast initiative is a great opportunity to connect with members of the global SSO network to hear each other's stories, and to raise the voice of people affected by stroke. Welcome, Sarah. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. You have been working in international development for over 20 years, supporting local organizations to set up and deliver community activities and engage in advocacy. What does that mean? So on a day-to-day basis, my job is to provide information and advice to people that either ring me up or email me or come and see me who want to set up or grow their stroke support organization. And they may be a person who has had a stroke or a family member of somebody that has had a stroke or somebody working as a medical professional who sees their stroke patients um, and family members would like to do more for themselves in the community. So I connect them to resources in their own country. So, for example, if somebody contacts me from Nigeria or Kenya, I do some research about what funding might be available to them in their country, what resource centres might be established that can give them some advice and support in setting up an organisation, or I connect them to other people who may be already working in the area of long-term stroke support in the community, who they could connect to and work with. And so the overall thing of, of what I'm trying to do is to build momentum and strength within this global network and also develop resources for this network. So if I contacted you because I run a stroke support group, you could help connect me to other facilitators or other survivors? or Exactly it. What we're doing is trying to ensure that people can get help and advice in their endeavours. And some of that help and advice can come from me or from the World Stroke Organisation. But really what people want to hear from is other people that are involved in delivering community stroke support services. It's around peer support. It's around connecting with others that may have some very practical advice for you. It may be that there's funding opportunities for you to work with another organisation to deliver services that may mean that your activities can have a greater reach. So I think it's important to say All of this connection and facilitation can be very empowering and 
what we're trying to do is to ensure that the voice of people affected by stroke, the viewpoints, the opinions, the experiences are heard at a global level and are helping to challenge and address some of the gaps that people have experienced in their stroke treatment and their care and their support. What do you feel like are some of your achievements over the last several years? What are you most proud of? When I started in this role two and a half years ago, I probably had four or five different SSOs from around the world that their contact details were handed to me. Now we have nearly a 100 stroke support organizations or people who want to set up an organization who are part of our network. When I look back over the last two and a half years, the thing that brings the biggest smile to my face is that we have this network and people are engaging and exchanging with each other. And it's not about the WSO. The WSO provides an umbrella that people can utilize, but actually it's about connecting this really important, powerful group of people that can make change for the better for for people affected by stroke. I don't need to be involved in everything, and I, or the WSO doesn't, and we don't have to claim all of these activities as our own. My connection with Daniel at, at Stroke Focus, he said to me all along, this is what I can offer to this network. When I was recently in LA at the International Stroke Conference, and it clicked, I thought it's not about me facilitating and hosting podcasts and being seen to be offering all of these things to this SSO network. It's about SSOs doing it for each other, you know, it's about people feeling empowered themselves and wanting to connect with others around the world. And I guess as we take this series forward, my excitement about it is that here is Stroke Focus in the US that is able to provide an activity and a platform for people from across the world to share their stories, to seek peer support, to perhaps look for opportunities for funding or some joint campaign initiatives, and that's being led from the network itself. That's even more exciting, I think, right there, that just the sharing. Everybody's sharing. Everybody needs to share. That's where we get information. That's what we are doing at Stroke Focus and with this podcast, with the Hand in Hand show. We're talking about the World Stroke Association and the SSOs. How can people get involved? So they can become a member of the World Stroke Organization. So you can become an individual member or you can become a society member. And there's certain benefits of that, which are that you are able to utilize our platform. So you can share your story on our blog. You can get involved in developing case studies to share your experience and insight about how you've set up a stroke support organization, about some of your challenges, about some of your successes. So people can hear your particular stroke support organization story. You can also get involved with the World Stroke Campaign, which happens every year, and there's a change of theme every year. And you can also get involved in the World Stroke Day on the 29th of October, 
where people can host their own events. They can uh, register those events on our campaign website. You can nominate yourself or nominate somebody else for a World Stroke Awards. You can sign up to our both our World Stroke Organization general newsletter, but also we have now a specific newsletter for stroke support organizations. So there's lots of ways that you can elevate your voice on a global stage and promote the work that you are doing in your specific city or country and shout about it, tell others about it and connect with others who might be able to help you or you might be able to help them. There's a website, there's a blog spot. I would just say to people in the first instance, send me an email, sarah.belson at stroke.org.uk. One of the things that I really try to do is respond to people really quickly. I know from my own experience, you send emails to to these big organizations and it's very impersonal. So what I try to do is to say there is a person here that will connect with you and you can ask me things. You can ring me. If you're in the UK, we can arrange to meet. So to to personalise that experience of connecting with this global organisation. So please feel free to, to email me. What do you see as the major challenge for stroke support organisations around the world? I think resources, resources, resources. When I say this, I mean money. I mean people, having staff and volunteers that can help. I mean equipment. We can't assume that everyone has access to a mobile phone or to a computer or to a vehicle to be able to to do outreach work. We can't assume that people have access to an office. So this is what I hear all the time about the biggest challenges and particularly for people in low and middle income countries. So, you know, I'm in contact with a lot of patient organizations in in Africa and, and Asia. It's tricky and challenging for these organizations to survive and to deliver services to people that really are in need. So, This is where I come back to the importance of connections and ensuring that people do not feel that they're on their own, that there are options for stroke support organisations to connect with other organisations, perhaps organisations that have a few more resources to help them to deliver activities. So an example I will give is that we have a, a great relationship with the Stroke Association of Kenya which was set up by stroke survivors at Kenyatta Teaching Hospital in Nairobi. So it's really stroke survivor led and they developed a partnership with the hospital. So the hospital said they could use a room free of charge, but they also have developed links with other health organisations in Nairobi who might help them with printing materials, might help them with organising World Stroke Day, Uh, providing resources in kind. So it's all of those ideas and examples where none of us are saying that we have a magic wand and we can solve the issue of of lack of resources overnight, but it's to to support people and help people think creatively and find other ways that they can continue to work in this area of stroke awareness and support. What are the challenges that you're you hear from stroke survivors and carers around the world? 
what people talk about is very much the same issues. So we didn't have the right information. We didn't know who we, we could contact. We were discharged from hospital and we had no support. A year on now from my stroke, my primary carer is a family member and they are struggling. These issues are consistent, I, I feel, in my connections with people across different countries and in different continents. And I think whilst that is it's a depressing story, it also helps us think about where we can target and where we can focus our work. So, for example, a big part of what we do and what we, we try and share amongst the network is full and accurate patient information. What resources are already there that have worked in my context that you can use? You might have to localise it and adapt it slightly to your context, but the facts are there. The facts are correct about stroke and what you should do if you see certain symptoms. And so this helps SSOs to go, oh, wow, the Canadian Stroke Association has developed this material. We're going to have a look at it and, and, and develop our own version. Or the UK Stroke Association has developed this material. You know, they've got a budget to develop all this stuff. They've given us permission to use it. We're now going to, to adapt it to our context. So for me, issues around knowledge and, and awareness and full and accurate information the other major thing I hear about is really the lack of long-term support for stroke survivors and family members. And again, I think that is felt across the globe. And this is why we are saying that patient stroke support organisations are vital. The outreach work they can do, the provision of advice and support, the peer support that they offer are absolutely vital to many people affected by stroke there is nothing else and this is what we're really trying to highlight and promote is that patient stroke organizations play a crucial role in the stroke pathway they are vital and we of course we need to to recognize that in many parts of the world stroke incidence is increasing and the resources are not there to provide support. So who is going to do this? An empowered, sustainable, well-resourced patient organisations will be able to and are already stepping up to that role. And then the, the other area is that there isn't enough stroke support in the community and not everybody has access to treatment at the right time. And that's a system issue which requires advocacy and campaigning to challenge the policies and systems that already exist. And so, again, patient stroke organisations and their views and perspectives are so important in the advocacy to change things for the better for, yes, people affected by stroke, yes, family members, and also to ensure that um, we are raising awareness of stroke risks and we are raising awareness about what to do if you see certain sy symptoms.
And I love the advocacy part because I did have someone come in and talk to my stroke support group on advocacy, and they actually were accredited to do this. And to find out in the U.S. how it started and how long it actually took to enact some of it, number one, and but number two, how they went about it and how you can now go about it. It was like, holy cow, I didn't know this stuff was that hard. Yeah. And it is. And so you need to use your voice, everyone that's listening, to work on this, to find an organization or a group or somebody that can help you advocate for yourself, for other stroke survivors, for other people with disabilities. What we need to get across to people is patients have rights. We all have rights. We have a right to health care. People affected by stroke do not feel that they're getting the or have not had the right treatment, the right care, the right support. They need to know that their voice and their experience are vital and they have the right to challenge what has happened to them. Absolutely. And I don't know if this is exactly what you're talking about, but, you know, I'm on long-term disability. And um, because of my stroke, I do work uh, part-time. I'm able to do that, thankfully. Um, But, you know, my long-term disability company came to me last year and said, "Ah, you don't have a brain injury anymore. Go back to work. Well, I had to challenge that. I had to advocate. I had to find somebody to help me advocate. And, you know, suddenly I have a back. I have a brain injury again. So apparently, according to them, I guess it comes and goes as, as pleases. But there are things like that that happen to people daily and they yeah. can't get through it. Because how do you get through getting half your salary, three-fourths of your salary taken away and you have kids to feed or house payments or whatever? And this is what's so unfair when you have a stroke. People don't know how to fight it or to advocate for themselves. For me, at least, I'm fortunate that I've worked in the healthcare field for years, and I knew some of the ins and outs. Yeah. I, you know, I, I also have learned many things from being a stroke support group facilitator. But again, I don't know everything, and and I don't think anybody does, and that's the problem. And I think that's what you all are trying to do is you're trying to Put it all in one place. Yeah. Just as you've said, you know, your particular experience and the way that you're, you worked through that with, with help and support and achieved what you needed to achieve at the end of it. These are important things for people, to, for other people to hear. We ran some workshops a couple of months ago with SSOs and they said, we want to hear motivational examples of how other people have done things because sometimes it can feel a bit too much and the, and it is overwhelming and I haven't got the energy every day to fight all the time. So some of that about being able to provide that connection and support between SSOs but also between individuals is really important. So what are your plans for ongoing stroke support in the future at the World Stroke Organization? I feel very privileged to connect with and work with all of these aspiring advocates and stroke support workers around the world. You know, it's it's a pretty 
unique position to be in. And I just want to continue to, to build it. You know, I want to, in time, you know, be able to say, look at this powerful group of SSOs around the world. Listen to their messages. Give us resources to help this to continue. Let's people affected by stroke be at the forefront of the fight against stroke. Um, let's look at opportunities for people affected by stroke to to not only be involved in stroke research, but set the agenda for stroke research. What are the issues that people want uh, more research on? What are the areas, the welfare system or the built environment that don't work for people affected by stroke? We want to enable this movement to make change that they want to make. As we go forward, we want to develop more resources that meet the needs of stroke support organisations. And we want to ensure that stroke support organisations and people who are affected by stroke have a seat at some of the decision making tables. One way that, as we, as I've said, that we are beginning to do this is is to ensure that there are SSO sessions at, at our World Stroke uh, Conference, and in between the conferences that we have, lots of uh, opportunities uh, virtually for SSOs to be seen and to to be heard. There's a World Stroke campaign. There is. The World Stroke Campaign is run every year by the World Stroke Organization. We have a campaign manager and we have a whole website and we develop resources each year. The themes over the last three years have been treatment, prevention, and then this year it's support. This is the year for SSOs. We started this process of hearing from SSOs at a European stroke conference in December. We, we ran some workshops. We explored this term support. People started identifying issues within that. So, for example, one issue would be to have ongoing psychological support. Or another priority issue was that uh, caregivers and family members had access to social protection or, or welfare financing. From the, the conference in December, we have about eight priority issues that, that came out of that conference. We are now going to run an online survey for SSOs beyond Europe and ask them to prioritise these issues that have been identified, but then to add any others that they think are missing. The area of my work and also the campaign manager's work will be to really mobilise stroke support organisations around the world to get behind the campaign. And this is largely done online, so through Twitter and Facebook and through our blogs. And then individual SSOs have their own uh, events. They plan their own events um, in whatever way that they, they want to do that. But it would be under the theme support and we will share those, those stories, um, those events through our social media. So when is the World Stroke Congress? So the World Stroke Congress is in Montreal in October, the uh, 17th to the 20th of October. 
if people look online for for World Stroke Congress, there's a there's a whole website there now and registration details. And as I've said, there will be SSO sessions at the at the Congress, uh, part of the the main program. And then also we are running some workshops for SSOs on the Friday, which is the 19th of October. And my plan is to at least film some of that and certainly have the presentations from the SSO sessions online so people who are not able to be in Montreal are able to access some of the resources and and the sessions and discussions. I hope you don't work by yourself because this sounds like a huge obligation and time consuming or either that or you work like 200 hours a week. I do work a lot on my own. But because I connect to all of these stroke support organizations around the world, I don't feel like I'm, I'm working on my own. Um, and I have a good team at World Stroke Organization that I connect with and, and we collaborate very well together. Um, but also I'm housed in a World Stroke Organization member, the Stroke Association in the UK. So I'm able to kind of really experience an SSO and, uh, you know, see how they deliver services, see how they provide information uh, to, to stroke survivors uh, and family members. So I'm sort of quite rooted in, in an SSO, which is really great. And I get a lot of support and guidance for, from that SSO, from the Stroke Association in the UK. Sarah Belson, thank you so much for being here. I hope you can come back and talk to us again sometime. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the Hand in Hand Show. I'm Cam. This episode of Stroke Focus was brought to you by Sarah Belson. Sarah is the International Development Manager of the World Stroke Organization. And Sarah gives advice to people around the world who would like to set up and grow patient stroke support organizations. These organizations are vital in raising awareness about stroke risk factors and signs. They're helping people in the community in their life after stroke. To learn more about patient stroke support organizations around the world, visit the World Stroke Organization's website at www.world-stroke.org. And to hear stroke survivor and support stories, visit the blog at www.worldstrokeorganization.blogspot.com.